Hello and welcome to Sportstopia's Fantasy Fire and Ice podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Today is August 25th, Friday. We're going to be going over all of the late, latest news and offer some DFS options. Uh, I'm joined by my buddy Drew Silva. Drew, how are you doing today? Good. Ready for a full slate where it's not kind of divided into afternoon and night games. There's a lot of interesting options on the board that we can comb through on this show to, to set some killer lineups. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, everybody who tuned in to our inaugural show yesterday. We really appreciate the support. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, before we get into the show, I want to introduce someone that Drew and I have known for a very long time. He is the chief content officer with Sportstopia. He's basically the reason Drew and I have joined the team. Uh, please welcome our good friend, Ed Williams. Hey Ed, guys. how's it going, man? Well, long time no see, uh, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have worked together for a very long time and uh, really excited to be part of this team. And Ed, I just, we wanted to have you on the show because we thought it would be a good idea to kind of go over all the good things that people can expect from Sportstopia and kind of the general vision of what people can expect in the coming, not only days, but months and years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I figured after about 15 years in the industry or so, it was probably finally time I made my podcast debut so uh, <laughs> what, what better timing than our second ever episode but uh, sure yeah no it's a uh, very exciting times um, you know uh, extremely busy but so excited uh, to be you know working with you guys again building sure. out this this new venture um, you know they, they say timing is everything in, in life right so it's it's kind yeah. of a interesting sequence of events that kind of led us to to this path and, and and launching this thing yesterday and in the weeks to come here and um you know as anyone who has followed you guys and and um i'm to a much lesser degree my, my, myself um but uh, you guys and the the team that we were working with at road world you know knows a lot of the backstory there you know as with a lot of folks in this industry you know rotor world was not immune to uh you know significant layoffs and, and cutbacks you know recently and uh you know we were part of that group but for a long time we worked together over at rotor world and drew was already there chrissy kind of came in under my watch and was great to watch you guys continue to grow over so much time and work with all the great people there so you know, after after that kind of came to an end and mentally and, you know, processed everything and started to get back out there, just was not finding the right, you know, fit for my next step and um, decided at, with, uh, you know, the advice of some others, um, some peers in the industry to launch a sports consulting business, um, started working with a, a couple companies and one of which was uh, called Topamsports.io, which is uh, more of a new up-and-coming Web3 blockchain NFT type uh, company and started advising them. And through that team, <clears throat> another advisor for that team, Daryl Snyder, reached out to me uh, from Fantasy Sports Logic, and he was on yesterday. So you know uh, a little more about his backstory and everything that he's been working on with the the optimizer that you'll be featuring you know, soon in this show as well. And basically was like, okay, the optimizer is ready for prime time. Let's build some content. Let's build a team. Let's get the word out there. 
And uh, so I said, yeah, I, I know someone who could help you with that. And I know a lot of guys and, and gals out there who will be able, uh, who would probably be excited to come aboard and, and help us with this venture. So yeah, you two are two of the first that I called. Um, and it's been really exciting to, to, to build this team from scratch. Um, you know, there was, as with any business, we always had to bring new people in and out at Rotor World. And, um, but this is there as a starting a team from scratch. And even though we're in the middle of baseball season and football is basically, you know, right here, um, uh, you know, we've been making some announcements. I made some announcements on my Twitter. We basically filled, you know, there's still a, a few pieces to, to come into play here, but we basically have filled an entire content team over the course of like two weeks for, for the three yeah. major sports. So, um, <laughs> That's no easy task, but it's it's also a testament to you know the the vision, the concepts that that Daryl you know kind of put on our shoulders to to execute. And uh, um, you know, I know you guys talked about the co-op thing yesterday. Talked about the optimizer. You know, there's a lot of interesting um, you know innovative concepts that we're working on here at Sportstopia that that I think is you know all levels of DFS players and fantasy players are going to be interested in. Sure. So when it came time to, to building the content team, I kind of try to take that same approach. We're trying to reach all the different audiences out there. So we need all different kinds of, of voices and, and talents and um, people with different backgrounds on this team. So that was the other kind of ex exciting thing was to, you know, try to put that puzzle together in a very short amount of time. So sure. um, as you continue to see the announcements that will roll up, roll out on, uh, you know, Sports Toby HQ on Twitter or X. Um, you know, you'll you'll see that you know this group of talent that we've put together. Um, you know, very diverse in terms of you know voice, experience level, everything, which is which has been exciting because I know um, a lot of folks out there um, that maybe dabbled with DFS, but then maybe got a little intimidated and felt like, oh my God, it's only the sharks that are winning out there. How can I compete with all this? Right. So. You know, uh, I feel very confident that our optimizer, you know, will hopefully break down some of those barriers for folks that maybe are played DFS and got out. We're on the fence to even start or just have dabbled and just, you know, this will this tool will help them, you know, have a little more confidence, maybe feel a little more uh, uh, able to, to compete against, you know, the, the so-called sharks. Um, you know, we're also working with um, some more of the up and coming platforms like drafters that Daryl talked about yesterday, too, where maybe it's a little less intimidating than these huge contests on DraftKings or, or FanDuel. But um, we'll have something for everybody. Um, and I'm really excited to, to see everyone kind of come together, especially on on the baseball team here for the tail end of the season. Uh, it'll be great, you know, hopefully next week when we have a full weeks of shows, um, you know, Sarah Sanchez is going to be joining us too. Um, was real excited to, to meet her and to have her come on board. Uh, Justin Fensterman is going to be joining the, the group on baseball as well as football and basketball. Terrell Furman from Sports Gambling Podcast Network is going to be helping us across multiple sports, including baseball. So really excited to to get things going here and of course to have you guys on board um you know is, is awesome it's a great mix of of uh some uh you know i don't want to say old but old friends and uh you know and, works. And bring, hey, man. <laughs> bringing in some, <laughs> some new folks as well and just you know building a great great content team that everyone's gonna be excited about 
Yeah, I mean, look, that's one of the main things that got me excited, not just to work with you again, Ed, because I, I loved our time together at NBC and Roto World, but also because, you know, that you were excited to build a, a diverse group of uh, talented fantasy writers that, you know, have not necessarily gotten the same opportunity as everybody else has. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, Ed, I have to ask you before we let you go, you know, it, it's personal and I'm sorry, but uh, do you have any thoughts on St. Louis pizza? <laughs> what is this uh, I, i'm almost shocked that didn't Ambush. come up yesterday. you were saving it for me i guess uh, i was I've, i regretted the air of not asking daryl about it i well, apologize I, I actually have never tried st louis pizza and after hearing you talk about it i really have no desire to uh <laughs> drew despite drew's best efforts he has not made a compelling case to me to try st louis pizza um, oh. although from, from hearing you guys talk about it so much i feel like it's almost a rite of passage i have to at least try it so i can at least give you an answer at some point so i'll be honest i've still never tried it either ed it's just the <laughs> absolute idea of it that has just kind of bugged me but at some point we'll all go down to st louis we'll have a, a we'll have the sports no don't come here party in don't come here. i'll try I my uh, rent is cheap. I don't want anyone to, to ever come here. <laughs> it's, pro it's probably cheap rent because of the, the yeah. we put um, unlicensed cheese on, on crackers and call it pizza. <laughs> but it's go. delicious uh, once you acquire the taste for it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it's like uh, nachos. Think... It's nachos. <laughs> that the pizza nacho thing is still not the compliment that you think you're giving it, but that is well, okay. Uh Ed, thank you so much for coming on and talking about what to expect from Sportstopia. Uh, follow it on Twitter at EdWill300. Uh, get to see a bunch of the announcements and make sure you're following Sportstopia HQ as well. Ed, we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, guys. You bet. All right, Drew, let's get into this slate, which is a big one. You know, Friday is obviously the biggest uh, slate of the Friday and Saturday and Sunday, obviously tied for the biggest slate, but a much bigger slate than Thursday's games. Um, one of the things we're going to be talking about is we're going to be making sure we check that weather uh, every single day. And of course, a lot can change. We're recording these shows early in the morning, uh, but a lot can happen in between. Um, are there any big weather chat things that we need to be really aware of for this coming slate? Yeah, there are some some definite trouble spots. Again, this is you know in a morning recording and a lot can change and we're not meteorologists. I'm just looking at forecasts. Yeah. But I'm, I'm uh, getting my degree chance of yeah right well <laughs> while you while you work on that um rockies at orioles there's there's a little bit of rain in baltimore like a 57 percent chance around first pitch but then it goes down from there so I, I would think maybe a delay maybe they just started a little bit late and that game gets in i the the real trouble spot is probably dodgers at Red Sox kind of rain throughout the night at Boston. It's only around 55%, um, but we know that that can turn to 100% real quick. I, I'd just be wary of that. But hey, you know, these these storms can clear out within the next eight hours and, and everything could be fine. Um, St. Louis at Philadelphia, a little bit possibility of a delay. And then Angels at Mets, a little bit of a possibility of a delay. But yeah, keep an eye out on Dodgers at Boston primarily that that could potentially be a postponement. St. Louis should maybe consider a, a retractable roof. I, it, maybe well, the that's game's in that... Philly. So no... Oh. oh <laughs> well, okay. With this well, heat, though, man, it is a... Uh, we've had six days straight of at least 115 heat index. 90% um, oh. humidity, 103 degrees. 
this is the final day of it hopefully um but Man. so I, I kind of agree with you on the retractable roof if if there's an air conditioning unit strong enough to handle that i guess they do it in texas so there's got to be the technology out there nothing sounds better on 115 de 15 degree days than nacho pizza i'm sure um how about some injury concerns drew i do know uh kiebert ruiz was something that we were keeping an eye on um outside of that anything that we're really taking a look at he missed um, Thursday's game against the Yankees because of lightheadedness, took a foul tip to the catcher's mask on Wednesday. Uh, they haven't said well that, whether he's in concussion protocol, so maybe it's just a precautionary thing and he's he's back in there on Friday. Uh, Nolan Gorman is likely to return from the injury list. He's been out with a lingering back injury. He could be right in the, in the Cardinals lineup if they do play at Philly on Friday night. Sal Frelick has a bit of a hamstring tweak, uh, suffered that on earlier this week. I, I, he could be held out for another game, um, and he's been really good at hitting in the middle of that Brewers lineup. So I'd be checking lineups to make sure guys like Frelick, Gorman, and Ruiz are actually in there. Uh, but other than that, yeah. I don't know. We could, we could talk about Steven Strasburg, but that's probably for another show, which it's a shame he's going to have to retire at age 35. Yeah. Thoracic outlet syndrome claims another victim. Yeah, that's such a bummer. One of the, you know, most highly touted prospects that I've covered in my life. And for those unfamiliar, I've covered prospects for way too long a time. The best college pitcher that I've ever seen in my life. Paul Skeens isn't far behind. Uh, and we'll probably be talking about him on shows next summer uh, when he makes his debuts for the Pittsburgh Pirates. But uh, a bummer, a really good career, maybe a, a little bit of a disappointing career, if only because of expectations. But uh yeah, that's, that's know, a tough man. one. I wouldn't yeah. say that. I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, like he was a, he met the hype right away. I think he did meet the hype right away. That's fair. And then injuries did obviously curtail him a little bit. Like at his best, there was no doubt that Steven Strasburg lived up to what he was. It's just, there were people already talking about this guy going into Cooperstown, like when he was in San Diego state. Is, yeah. is that fair? No, that's fair. But that, yeah, that is no, of that, course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about some lineup stacks, Drew. Um, it's an interesting day because there's some good teams that are facing some not so great pitchers. I think there's a chance to uh really generate some interesting stacks over uh this uh over this slate. Who are some teams that you're looking to maybe put together? Um, I did the White Sox on Thursday. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna run it back. Go back to that White Sox well, even though they got beat by the A's of all teams on Thursday night, but still a good night for the offense with 12 hits, five runs scored. Now facing Zach Neal and a parade of Oakland relievers, most likely on, on Friday. Should be a lot of hits again and a lot of action on the bases in general and, and hopefully even more runs than we saw on Thursday. Like Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, I, I would plug them right back in. Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn. You can go with a cheap option and Andrew Benintendi, who had a productive day on Thursday and has been hitting out of that number two spot in the lineup. Um, yeah, I, I think the White Sox, you know, it's a dramatic filled team that's had a lot of turnover lately, but it's kind of on the players now to perform. And um, maybe that maybe that narrative helps you beyond the fact that, you know, in, in our contrarian edge optimizer, it suggests taking the White Sox. And I, I like the yeah. matchup against the A's, obviously, and I, I think it's a good play. Yeah, I think that's a really good play as well. And look, 
we're going to have, it's going to be hard not to do the A's too often when we're doing this show, to be completely honest with you, just because their pitching is so bad. And look, we, they, yesterday, they, the White Sox offense was fine. Um, it kind of fell apart a little bit late, but it certainly didn't hurt you uh, in that regard. Uh, I'm going to go with the Orioles uh, going up against Kyle Freeland. And look, like Drew said, you do have to keep an eye on the weather. Um, Kyle Freeland is not been a very successful pitcher outside of some, you know, spurts here and there. Uh, I like to attacking him quite a bit. And that's why I've got guys like Ryan Mountcastle, Austin Hayes, Anthony Santander. And especially if James McCann is in the lineup and he should be against the left-hander, there's reason to think that he could be a really nice value play for you. All four of those guys, as many right-handed bats as I can have against those guys, is I'm trying to attack against Kyle Freeland. Uh, I think that's going to be a really nice play. But again, do keep in mind that this could be either a postponement or a late start. Uh, but yeah, really like the Orioles tonight. Yeah, I'm thinking more late start, and I agree. I mean, it's it's just a really nice matchup for that what the Orioles do well with their lefty righty splits. Um, sure. My other one's going to be the, the Red Sox um, matching up against Lance Lynn, who has been ace-like since joining the Dodgers. But yeah, I don't know. He throws a lot of fastballs. He <clears> should <throat> be due for a clunker, or even just a mediocre start of some sort. Wednesday and, and Thursday was a nightmare for the Dodgers with that suspended game in Cleveland on Wednesday night that had to be finished on Thursday afternoon. And then there was another premature rain delay in the top of the ninth of the early game before they could even get the second game started. It was a mess. I mean, the Dodgers ran through a lot of pitchers in that second game and even in the first game just to get it completed. Then they're having to hop on a plane to Boston. Traveling through that city on the ground is is never easy either. Um, and, you know, there's potential for a rain out. I'd keep that in mind. But a long day, long night for the Dodgers and the Red Sox. If they do get this one in, they can attack right-handed pitchers well with a lot of left-handed bats. Um, Rafael Devers, Alex Verdugo, uh, obviously more expensive guys. But Justin Turner, I think, is reasonably priced. Adam Duvall, Tristan Casas. I, I would consider Masataka Yoshido. Yoshida here as well if you really want to go lefty heavy just grab all the Red Sox left-handed bats they usually are, are hitting in the top third or you know, top half of the lineup um, I think that's a really good play if if the Dodgers and Red Sox do get this in I could see the the Red Sox taking advantage of a tired Dodgers team you know even if Lance Lynn throws well maybe they get to the bullpen in the end absolutely yeah I like that call a lot and look Lance Lynn was absolutely due for positive regression. There was no question about it. You just take a look at like the baseball savant page and you see that he was much better than his ERA suggested, but he ain't this good. He is due absolutely to have some regression. Uh, Red Sox playing for their playoff lives right now. So that's, you know, mm -hmm. going to be some motivation. It's nice to have a motivated team in the doldrums of summer. Um, speaking of doldrums, I'm going with the Phillies against your Cardinals, Drew. I apologize. We regret the air, all of that good stuff. But against Miles Michaelis, who has not been very good as of late, coming off a game where he allowed seven runs, I'm attacking. And I'm going to get as many Phillies as I can. My stack that I end up using is JT Real Muto, Bryson Stott, Brandon Marsh, and Alec Bohm. I think you can also consider Jake Cave as a, uh, a like little inexpensive option that could really help you in terms of mm. – uh, filling out your roster as well. There's always a chance. And look, left-handed hitters against Miles Michaelis, who, look, 
he throws a lot of strikes. I don't know why I said look twice, but we regret the air there too. But in the month of August, specifically, Michaelis has had a 5.40 ERA, uh, only 20 strikeouts in his 25 innings against six walks. Yeah, the whip's grid. But uh, by the way, I think it goes without uh, saying that we are not recommending him as a DFS option for starters. But I like this Phillies lineup. I like the fact that they're going to be going up against a starting pitcher that isn't playing right, well right now. And I think if you use any of these stacks, you got a really good chance of taking home some money today. Yeah, I think we've we've done a nice job here with with help of that contrarian edge optimizer, which can, which can just generate these stacks for you. Um, yes, if, if you use the tool properly over there on the right, you can click. Uh, let's let's get a stack of four players and and run it on auto. Um, and then it'll spit you out like there's the White Sox. Yeah, see a little Rangers in there. I mean, there's some some Mets, Phillies. We can uh, pick out some other values that we see in terms of hitters toward the end of the show. Let's get into some some starting pitchers that we want to use. And I'm going to piggyback off you talking about that Phillies and Cardinals game. Um, Christopher Sanchez is going to be starting for the Phillies. I think the Cardinals have given up on the year. You can kind of see that in the box scores over the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, Um, yeah. Plenty of swing and miss in that lineup. Sanchez has been really steady this year when he's gotten a shot to, to, have a permanent, more permanent rotation spot with the Phillies. Really good command, uh, 3.36 ERA, 1.03 whip, 58 strikeouts, only 12 walks through 64 and a third innings. That recipe that he has, the good control with with the swing and miss, it makes it really easy to navigate this St. Louis lineup in its present form. Um, they should have traded Paul Goldschmidt at the deadline, Chris. They should have done a, a full-on rebuild, but we don't need to, to spend a, a ton of time on that. We're, I'm going to turn this into a Cardinals podcast if you let me. <laughs> I'm happy to sign up for it. I mean, I look, I get paid either way. We can talk about whatever team we want. No, um, I, I like that call quite a bit, unfortunately. Uh, you know, it's interesting talking about Sanchez that like that trade looked like a disaster not that long ago when you had Curtis Mead, who is still one of the better prospects in baseball for Sanchez, who projected as kind of like, organizational fodder doesn't look so bad anymore christopher Sant- i no, obviously i think i think tampa bay has a really good chance of winning that trade because i think curtis mead has a chance to be a well above average offensive player but doesn't look so bad it just goes to show you that sometimes uh things work out for the best uh speaking of working out for the best i am going to rely on kodai senga for things to work out in the best today against the angels uh in the month of august so far the rookie right-hander has thrown 24 and two-thirds innings, has a 24 to 8 strikeout to walk ratio. He's allowed no more than two runs in six of his last seven starts. He's coming off a really good start against those Cardinals where he didn't have a ton of bat missing, but only allowed two hits, one earned run, and it was just a homer with two walks. I like Senga a lot. I don't love this Angels lineup, even with Shohei Otani playing. Um it's, I think it's very beatable. Senga is a little more expensive than some of the other starting options, and justifiably so. But if you're looking to win, you can go with guys like Senga who are going to provide a ton of value. Uh, give me Kodai Senga for the majority of these starts coming up. I wanted to ask you a, a, a betting kind of related question. Um, mm. Is the AL MVP up for grabs again Ooh, a little bit? That- that's a really good question. I, mean, I don't think so. If if there was more of a a star option right behind, like who's second in your personal opinion behind Otani right now? 
I don't know. DraftKings doesn't even have it on the board. <laughs> but, yeah, that's but my, the thing. My, man. my thought is, all right, the Angels are basically out of contention. Once they okay. mathematically fall out of contention, they're going to shut him down, right? Right. I mean, just for his own sake, as he goes into free agency, it's it's the it's it's the. I mean, for people that don't know, he has a a torn UCL and his throwing elbow, and he's not going to pitch again this year, and might need a second Tommy John surgery. I don't see them stringing him along as a DH if they're mathematically eliminated. Right. Um, so I, the problem is I can't tell you who like would jump up to grab it. Maybe there's some obvious right. names out there, but I, it's, if he doesn't play the final three, four weeks of the season, there's a chance that, you know, that, that, that award does come back on the board. You know, I'm sure there's, I'm just going to look it up. Yeah, totally. I, I, I'm curious as well. Like that's, there's just no second of obvious option to me. Like there's no Julio Rodriguez has played exceptionally well, but wasn't good enough in the early part of the that season yeah. in order to reach there. It's just, it's so hard for me to see anybody, but a guy who provided that type of pitching value short as it may be on top of hitting, I believe 44 homers now. Right. It's just yeah. really hard yeah. for me to imagine that there's anybody else winning. So I found the current odds <laughs> at uh, this is at bet 365. This is why it's not on the board at DraftKings. At bet 365, it's Otani minus 30,000. <laughs> Kyle Tucker is second at plus 10,000. Uh, plus and Corey 10, Seager, who's yeah, Corey Seager, who's been great but missed missed as much time as Otani figures to me. It'd be kind of hypocritical um, to vote for Seager over Otani, man, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, considering how yeah. much time you missed. I mean, Kyle Tucker's been really good. There have been a lot of really good options, but plus minus thirty thousand to win one hundred yeah. bucks, Drew. Let's, so, con uh, let's, conclusion let's, let's of the question money. I asked you: Yeah, the AL MVP is not up for grabs, even if they do shut him down. All right, moving right along. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, like there are some obvious starting pitchers, like Spencer Strider. If you if you're willing to commit that kind of budget to him on a, a DFS slate. I mean, I, I love him against that Giants lineup. There's going to be a lot of strikeouts there. He's he should be able to pitch deep. Um, I don't know. Maybe the maybe Atlanta starts to kind of watch his innings a little bit down the stretch, but I, I don't think that would happen in this kind of start. Uh, Dylan Cease going against the A's seems pretty obvious, even though man, I don't know. He has not been like the most reliable pitcher on a game to game basis this year. Todai uh, Senga. Yeah, you mentioned him. He's he's right mm -hmm. up there in the in terms of value. Bryce Miller going against the Royals makes a lot of sense. Sure, um, but I, I like the four that that we picked out. Sanchez. Um, did I did I give my second one? Cole Irvin. No, no, you didn't give your second one, and that's uh, that's what I was waiting for you to do. But that's okay. Why don't you talk about why Cole Irvin's a good option? I got, tonight? I got, I got sidetracked. You got those MVP. <laughs> All good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Cole Irvin, we talked about this game. Anytime you can get the Rockies out of course field, that lineup is worth attacking with the opposing pitcher. Camden Yards has played very pitcher friendly since the Orioles moved that left field wall way back. Irvin is, you know, not a perfect pitcher, but he generally generates soft contact. And often the players that the Rockies are trotting out there on a daily nightly basis are only capable of making soft contact, especially when the game is at, at sea level right there on the Harbor there in Baltimore. I like Irvin's shot at a, a good number of innings 
hopefully they are scoreless innings and I think a really good shot at a win against this Rockies team is as the Orioles try to run down the, the AL East title. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> I think that's a really good call. Obviously, the big thing there is that W. You've got a really good chance against the uh, getting a W against a just awful Colorado roster. Uh, so I do like that call. Um, the guy I'm going to go with for my second starter is uh, a little surprising considering he just came off a start where he allowed eight runs over three innings, actually gave up nine, but only eight of them were earned. I'm going to take the chance on Hunter Green. And those of you who have followed me for a while, number one, I can only apologize. And number two, know that I've been a big Hunter Green fan for a long time. I just love his bat missing ability. And I think he's going to bounce back quite nicely. It's worth pointing out that that start he made in his last outing against the Blue Jays was the first that he'd made in over two months while dealing with injury. Uh, a guy who has missed bats at an elite level uh, at times in the minor, not even in the minor leagues, in the major leagues as well. Uh, strikeouts in his last four Four full games before coming in were 10, 11, 9, and 8. That will certainly get the job done. The Diamondbacks, not an easy lineup to be facing, but do offer some swing and miss potential. So we do have a chance to get those strikeouts. A little bit of concern about that fact that he might be a little bit of on a pitch count. Um, so you're probably only looking at about five or six innings. But those five or six innings have a chance to be very good. Reds playing for their playoff lives as well. I don't know if you watched the game last night, Drew. That was an awesome baseball game between two teams that are fighting for their playoff lives, which is very fun to see because I don't think anybody predicted to see Cincinnati versus Arizona in playoff battle mode. But yeah, give me Hunter Green. I think the risk is well worth the reward. Yeah, that NL wild card is like, I don't know. Fun. It's something. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah it's it's it's, enter, it's entertaining. Yeah. People are just, you know, the, some teams just limping there into the playoffs. Um, yeah. I think like really, I would say like the Phillies are the only secure team in that mix. And then it's whatever's going on at the top of the NL Central. And then, I don't know, maybe the Marlins, maybe the Diamondbacks can fight their way in. Maybe the Giants can somehow outlast only having like two starting pitchers. I guess Kyle Harrison's up now, but. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit of a mess. Not the most talented group vying for that NL wildcard mix. And then you look right below there and you see Padres, Mets with yeah. their big payrolls, and sure. of course my Cardinals too. Yeah, it's funny looking um, at the Cardinals. Talk, yeah, I was just gonna say it's funny seeing the Padres like with their record and their run differential. I think it's fair to say that San Diego's had some bad luck, but uh also some uh not so great play as well. Uh, the other name I was going to mention, you mentioned Bryce Miller. I will point out that against my Seattle Mariners, Brady Singer looked fantastic and he's looked the part for most of the second half of the season. He might make some sense to be a, a play for me tonight. I'd be more confident if it was in Kansas City instead of Seattle. But Singer's, a, I think, an interesting uh, little option as well. Uh, pitchers that I would be avoiding, by the way, uh, obviously you're not going anywhere near Yona Don. You're not going near Kyle Freeland, Miles Michaelis. Um, Mitch Keller's kind of an interesting one, Drew. He's somebody who looked really good in the first half of the season, has not looked so great in the second half. Chicago's playing pretty well. Are you kind of fading Mitch Keller and DFS for the rest of the season? Yeah. I mean, I I, I said, a, I think in May, that he had really turned a corner, and then yeah, then he turned another corner. <laughs> it was the wrong turn. Yeah, those those uh, boomerangs yeah. or something. I would. Yeah. I, I he would be someone that I would consider stacking against. I mean, there's there've been some encouraging signs here and there, but um, no, I don't. 
I don't think he's taken the step forward that I mean, he was a popular breakout pick in fantasy for a lot of people because he has kind of all the tools and it's, it's, I don't know. I'm going to have to do a deep dive at some point on, on what went wrong for him this year. Um, because I, I really like the arsenal that he has the whole profile it seems like a pitcher that should be a lot more successful than he is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's interesting also looking uh, at the, uh, at, at the optimizer, excuse me. Um, there are some stacks here that are offering Brandon fought. I think that's a big risk, but at the same time, the risk is what you get. And so that's one of the cool things about the contrarian optimizer is it kind of gives you a, um, a chance to be ahead of the crowd and not to be the guy who splits the, the 10, the $10,000 pot that becomes a hundred dollars that you split with 10 people. You know, that is nice to have fat has the stuff to succeed the reds though. I'm, I'm not sure if I'd be using that guy against the reds. Would you agree with that, Drew? It's risky, but I mean, it's, it's again, it's a contrarian play. Um, sure. We've talked about Brandon fat a bunch. You and I, Chris, like, he does not really pass the eye test for me, you know, for being like a super elite pitching prospect. The AAA numbers were, you know, the minor league numbers in general have been awesome, the swing and miss. But when you actually watch him pitch, I, I think it's a lot of deception-related stuff that he got away with in the minors. And I, I think he's going to be fine, like a mid-rotation starter at the major league level moving forward. I don't really see him as as being an ace, but um, – you know, the Reds had to put Joey Votto on the injured list. It's it's not the most, you know, they they brought up some young players, but it's not like the scariest lineup. There's sure. there's a lot of swing and miss in it. And that's I guess what Fat does well. You know, possibly he lucks into to a decent start there. Um yeah. I, I like the the this this main lineup that the blend on the optimizer kind of put out. So you're you're spending a lot of your budget on Spencer Strider and Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. You know, Spencer Strider at San Francisco, Dylan Cease against whatever the A's are, are putting out there. And then <laughs> you kind of go value plays with the offense, but it has my White Sox stack in there with Andrew Vaughn, Yon Mancata, Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez. Uh, you get some Orioles in there with Anthony, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Jaiwan Bay, who I really like as a cheap leadoff option. He's been hitting leadoff for the Pirates against righties. And who are they taking on tonight? Kyle Hendricks, who's been pretty good, but. Yeah, uh, Bay could get you, get you some stolen bases, and he's kind of more of a slap hitter than anything. But, and then yeah, like Wilson Contreras, as as much as I don't like that the Cardinals signed him to that contract, he's been really good in the second half, and um, you know I, I like him as a, a fit, relatively cheap catcher option. Jan Gomes too sticks out as a, a pretty good cheap catcher option for tonight. And you mentioned James McCann too. If he's in the lineup, I I think he makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Another guy that uh, I'm just looking at over here that um, talking about some players that we're not going to be stacking, but uh, Noel V. Marte, uh, I think that he's a cheap option that makes some sense. Gets, gives you a chance for some stolen base, has some power, uh, former top prospect who has, you know, um, performed inconsistently, but has shown those flashes of brilliance. I think he makes sense. Uh, outside of Bay, are there any other uh, options that you really like for tonight? I, I like Noelle Marte, like just, you know, that power speed combo that, that we yeah. all really look for um, when it comes to, to fantasy scoring. Uh, Nolan Shanuel, like maybe, but I, I, I don't know. It, does he hit leadoff against Kodai Senga in the Mets? Um, Ed, Edouard Julien, but he's going against Dane Dunning, uh, who I think we both really, really like as a, as a pitcher. I mean, 
No, not really. Like the cheap leadoff options are all in kind of bad matchups. Like Lamont yeah. Wade is going against Spencer Strider. Good luck. Um, yeah. Uh, TJ Friedel, I guess, if if you want to stack against or put in someone against Brandon Fat because you don't like him, like we don't really necessarily trust him. Um, TJ Friedel should bat leadoff in that game for the Reds. And um, yeah, that wouldn't be a, a bad idea. Yeah, I would go also with uh, looking for a cheap leadoff option. He doesn't really provide the steals that you're looking for, but I wouldn't be shocked if he reached two or three times. J.P. Crawford back in the lineup uh, as the leadoff hitter for the Mariners. Wouldn't shock me at all if he was – if take the over-under on 1.5 times to reach just because against – especially against right-handers, he's been absolutely excellent in those type of options. Uh, I believe that's going to do it for us, Drew, unless there's something you're really excited to talk about. No, you you uh you guys started this off this show on a bad note with trashing St. Louis pizza, uh, which I, I don't even really um I don't even really advocate for. I don't feel like <laughs> I, mean, I, I just <laughs> say like you you should <laughs> you should try it. Um, I mean, just don't, like don't go to Emos if you do come to St. Louis and you try the not that Emos is bad, um, mm -hmm. but there are like a lot of mom and pop shops that do it even better like if, if i take you to this place called feloni's and you don't i mean you're gonna love it i every we had our wedding reception there and plenty of people from out of town were like this is incredible drew i'm so just if, gonna if get you go you. to the places that do it right with great ingredients um i mean it, the the form of the pizza make, makes the ingredients shine that's why i compare it to nachos it's just like the crust is like a delivery method um and the, the cheese is like, it was designed to be put on pizza. Close the show. Close the show. <sighs> Thanks, everybody, so much for listening to Sportstopia's Fantasy Fire and Ice podcast. Make sure you're following us on that website, whatever they're calling it now. I'm at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Drew is at Drew Silve. Please make sure you're following all of our socials as we build this thing up. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, X, uh, especially YouTube. Please give us a follow. But we're going to have TikTok. We're going to have all sorts of great stuff. Uh, and if you like what you're hearing, please rate the show and we can't appreciate it enough. It's awesome to get started. Uh, we'll see you again on Monday.